This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 76 of the Healthy Critters Radio on Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss making your Christmas puppy a good citizen. Patty shares winter grooming tips. In critter nutrition, we focus on stress. And in Coffee Clutch, we share our dog's New Year's resolutions. Join us. So, Patty P., it, it is official. I now have a registered Australian Shepherd Club of America kennel name. Isn't that cool? Is, isn't that not cool? It is pretty cool. It well, is pretty what cool. is it? It's Starbound. So, any, any puppy that is, is bred will end up coming out of the, come out with a Starbound name. Correct. So, Starbound's, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let's not name once. Blah blah blah. Yeah, we get, get Tigger at some point. We may start bounds. Blah blah blah. My favorite puppy. <laughs> I think that's awesome. So we are hoping for our first litter late spring. Yep. You know, May May June with uh, Crockett and Wookie. Yes. So. <laughs> But looking at some of the pictures you've posted recently, Wookie's not going to have any part of that. (laughs) (laughs) No, she humps him all the time. Yeah, she's still telling him. Yeah, not yet. I'm in charge. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But it ought to be a very good, it ought to be a very good match. Oh my gosh. it's going to They'll have beautiful puppies. I know. They will have beautiful puppies. I'm excited about that. Me too. Yeah. There's nothing like having a bunch of little fat gerbils i know i know it's going to be it's going to be fun i mean they're and i and i just suspect because they're because they're both incredibly well-bred and they both have such beautiful heads that these are going to be outstanding puppies yes and you know great personalities and well-rounded and and they will one thing that patty and i are doing which is you know not totally unique but special is we're going to hold some of the puppies back. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not going to sell them at eight or 10 or 12 weeks and we're going to train them up. Yep. And have them available for people that want to have these incredible dogs, but don't want to have to go through the initial stages. And that's something, yeah, yeah. And that's something that Tigger and I've been talking about. sort of like, you know, people want to have dogs, but then they sometimes don't realize after the initial, oh my gosh, they're so adorable, kind of goes through. They, they're they like, huh, this this part is a little annoying and I need help with this. And so that's what we're going to hopefully be able to provide for people is, you know, still a great dog and still get them as a puppy and still be able to bond with their new parents, but have a little, some training cues to them. And that's what's great because these dogs are super smart. They are super smart. Yep. Yep. 
I was just, let's see, Ketch is 15 weeks old. He already comes when he's called. He sits, he downs, and today, in three seconds or less, he learned to retrieve a ball and bring it back. <laughs> to the point where my husband was like, hey, when did you teach him that? And I looked at my watch and I said, yep, about three minutes ago. <laughs> so, it's going to be a fun thing to stay tuned to. It 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 really is is amazing the intelligence of i mean all dogs have a a higher degree of intelligence i think than many scientists ever gave them credit for but you you take a working herding dog like an australian shepherd that over generations has been bred for their intelligence and wanting to work for the human Mm -hmm. um it's so profound to me because there are a lot of nice dogs and nice dog breeds that, you know, will work or hunt or retrieve or whatever. But an Aussie has something really unique about him, her, him, her, about what can I do for you today? Exactly. That yeah. I, is, is very, very different. Yeah, and, um, and, and just it... Their trainability, but then also, in my experience, just how then you can get them just to chill. So oh yeah, and chill, you know, and just hang out because that's they you know that's good what my job off is. switches. Exactly, especially when you tell them this is now time to be off, this is time to be on. So it's awesome. You know, I I've been reading a very interesting book. It's called Designer Dogs. Hmm. And the subtitle is Inside the Criminal Underworld of Crossbreeding. And it's written by Madeline Bernstein. And she's really done her homework. And, you know, even as a longtime dog owner, what I am learning in this um, about crossbreeding and, of you know, creating designer dogs like doodles. Yeah. And the now that we've gotten to see doodles, for instance, over many generations, the health problems that are actually from both sides, the poodle and the the lab or the uh, retriever, it are being exaggerated. More hip problems, more oh. cancer. Oh, interesting. More, more eye problems, which I never really realized either of those breeds had. And yeah, it's it's it doesn't weed out the bad genes. It in many cases enhances it. it. Enhances it. I think that's it's such a big thing to always make sure whatever you want to get into. And I mean, every breed has such value, um, but they were originally designed. I hate to use the word design, but you know design for a purpose and really read about it, research and make sure that you, you know, don't just like, you know, like I I think a perfect example is a Shiba, you know, they're such great little active dogs. They're the smartest dogs I've ever known in the world, but they're too smart. They're smarter than people. (laughs) And, you know, and it's just like, you've got to really know what you're getting into when you get a dog like that. So like, you know, like you said, there's just so many things out there. Research it. If you think that you want to do some sort of cross or whatever, make sure you know what you're getting into, know what the history of both breeds are. And, and 
you know, she her, her actually this whole book is about not doing that. Right. Um, that's why she calls them designer dogs, because a, a lot of the the producers are puppy mills because it's right. just it's just a money thing. But as you know, Patty and I are going into breeding. We have to be very very aware of our um, of the genetics of our the dogs that we breed, and um, the really responsible breeders. Um, they not only do they know their lines, but they're they're looking back in their lines when they're doing outcross, and where are the health issues in that outcross mm-hmm. line? Mm-hmm. And exactly, th- it's a real science to know the traits that you the health traits that you want to sort of weed out or eliminate or have a very low um percentage of and i I find that part the scientist in me finds that you know as fascinating as as just a beautiful dog and a beautiful dog with great temperaments and great health breeding them I, i i love knowing the background yeah knowing why knowing why and and how do we maintain that level of health and maybe even improve it in future generations yeah that's a good point because one of the things that when you just said this just sprung into my head when you told me what it was going to be like to have uh, the soundtrack puppy like you know look for intelligence look for because of course one of my number one fears if it, is that if you get a dog like this and it has a high drive you know how do you turn it off and you're like ah, don't worry and you're right. Well, you know, and again, um, you know, you, you, you know, because of what I do for a living, I, I, ha- I have a limited amount of time during the day. Right. And I, I need to make sure something, you know, fits into my life really well. And um, and it, it's been a, an awesome fit because he's done exactly what you said he was going to do. He's going to be bright and intelligent and game on. And then when I say it's time to go take your nap and do whatever, I'm looking at him right now upside down in his crate. And he's um, he's like, yep, had my supper. I'm going to wait till you know. And that's nice to know they have that off button. And again, it goes into the research which you have done, and, and which the know, breeder has done. Well, and, exactly. I mean, you research um, the breeder. <laughs> I I think that rescue dogs are are really important. Both Patty and I have done oh, our share of, of rescues. Jennifer um, rescues greyhounds, um, but I also feel strongly that good breeders they're not in it for the money they're yes. in it to improve to, the breed. to improve the breed and and there's nothing wrong i i think we've become in this politi- politically correct environment like it's if somebody buys a dog from a breeder that's like why didn't you get a rescue well some people want a, a purebred dog that's that's been bred for specific purposes. Absolutely, it has specific traits that that human wants, and I, yes. I really think we have to stop guilting people. I agree because that that's 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 such a good point. That's and not everybody point. can do a rescue because rescues can be tricky they can be emotionally tricky they can be physically tricky meaning expensive um Mm -hmm. lots of health issues um it's a very special person it's not for everybody right and there's nothing wrong with you know finding a breed or think seeing a breed that you think is suitable and and going out and doing your research and 
and spend time with the breeder on the phone and in emails. Ask, yeah, ask questions. Ask tons a of questions. lot of you, questions. You should see both parents. You should know all that information. At least a if you're picture. Go that route. And the oh, one absolutely. Thing yeah, and know what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. that I can say about the Australian Shepherd Club of America is that um, they have they require DNA. Um, so both um, Wookie and Crockett. Their registered names, now that they've been DNA'd, now they have their first um, sort of certificate, which is DNA VP. So, Soundtrack Star Crazy DNA VP. And that tells people in the Australian Shepherd community, okay, this dog has been genetically tested. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a very important thing to genetically test the dogs. Absolutely. Well, cool. I'm excited. I'm excited for the spring. And I think oh yeah, we have... we'll be talking about puppies a lot this spring. Oh, I know. It's yeah. They're going to be like, okay, move on. <laughs> yeah, enough. But we'll have enough. great pictures. That's always fun. But we could also talk about foals, and because that will be in spring. Oh, it would be a perfect time of year. That's true. Well, perfect. Well, let's get on with the show, which is about Christmas puppies. Yay! So we thought it would be a good time to talk about Christmas puppies. You know, now that you've got one, now what? Yes. And got some tips for turning that adorable, cute bundle of four legs into a good canine citizen. And a long-lasting canine citizen, too. Yes. Because there are some very interesting statistics. There are. There are more puppies and kittens brought in um, in the first 30 days to shelters in the first 30 days after Christmas. Yes. And that's kind of frightening. It is, and, and, but also understandable. And so that's yes, why we're going absolutely. to make this hopefully a, um, uh, an easy transition and long lasting transition. And, um, for, for people to get these incredible little balls of fluff and, um, to take out some questions, right. To, you know, some, cause it, generally the first couple of days, it's always so much fun. And then it's after that becomes a little bit more of a chore. <laughs> And it can be a chore or it can be complete glee, depending on what sort of mindset you have, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Tiggs. Yes. What are some of your tips? If you have a new puppy that's coming into your house, um, what is, what's the, what's some of the just kind of normal protocol that you do? I really make time with the puppy. Mm. And um, that is you know, challenging for a lot of people who work in offices or, you know, have to go away from home. But the nice thing about Christmas time is you've got generally a um, little time, a little time that you can really bond with your puppy. And it's, it's a crucial time of bonding. Mm -hmm. And I like to have the puppy in my lap. I like to have the puppy on the couch. I know lots of people are rolling their eyes right now. I'm not. Um, (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I make sure the puppy, you know, follows me into the kitchen, into the bathroom, into the bedroom. Everywhere I am, the puppy is. So I I think that in the beginning is, is 
ultra important because that bond, it's like they're the bond with their mother. And that's sort of who we're replacing. Exactly. In a way, we're better than the mother in that we will show them really amazing things in their life. Mm -hmm. And mom is more about feeding and cleaning and... And the human is more about, hey, you know, we can play, we can go outside, we can go on adventures, you can go in the car. It's more engaging. It's it, a little yes. bit more engaging. Yeah. Yes. But but you still, and I think this is where people get can get a little lost, is that puppies and dogs need boundaries. And you mm-hmm. can set boundaries from the moment you get the puppy. You know, what's acceptable and and what isn't. That's a very good point. Because I think that, because, you know, one of the things that you just said was, that's so interesting, is you're transitioning from the mother to this person, right? And, And whether or not you decide you want your dog to go on the couch or not go on the couch, I mean, those are all perfect, perfectly acceptable things. It's what you want in your household or your tribe, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those are just guidelines. And the thing that's great about, you know, we have such access to so many great training videos and ideas of, uh, or figuring out what it is. Like, you know, if you get, if you have your puppy, I think one of the, the, if it's a new puppy, like if you are somebody that's a first time dog owner, because there's probably a lot of um, listeners that have had many, many dogs like you and I, t- you, like you and I, Tigger, <laughs> yes. um, and, and Jen. Um, and, you know, so to us, it's sort of like you have your sort of protocol you go through and you run through your, your gamut and then you get the puppy to where it's going to be. And it's, that's your thing. But if you're a new puppy owner, um, which happens a lot this time of year is there's just certain guidelines that you should, you should really follow. And that is, okay, do you want your dog to be on the couch? Okay. That's super. You can still do all the things that Tigger is saying, have them engage with you, sit on the floor with them rather than put them on the couch. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, have them, you know, always have little treats available. So, I mean, it's very easy to teach um, dogs, uh, little puppies, new things, especially if they're food motivated, which is always such a great thing, but have little treats on you at all the, all the time, you know, while you're, engaging them and um because that's they're still so young and food is such a major part of their you know growing up um but you know for for me what i always do is i always make sure um that i have um i have a crate and you brought up a good uh, point tigger earlier about some people you know after christmas you got to go back to work so what do you do so my suggestion is you know if you have a big enough crate you know and you've had a little time with the puppy and done your maybe five days of hopefully teaching it that you go outside, you know, to, to go potty and you can use the term go potty as they're doing all of this and you bring them back in. If you have to then go to work, get those little PP pads, have a large enough crate that they can go on those PP pads and, and, you know, and don't feel, you know, bad about it. If you have a large enough crate that the, a lot of those things really do work well. I don't know if you've ever had to, to use them, Jen or Tigger, have you ever had to use them in a crate? Yeah, Tigger's like, nope, they've always been with me. I mean, I've 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 had to do them in the past and they actually really do work. They even have them where you can put them on um a little plastic, I don't know what you would call it, where you can lay them on there where the dog goes, Oh, well, this is a different area where I don't sleep. You know, and that and I use these pee pee pads. So you can, you know, when you come home from uh, being away at work or whatever, you can just clean it up and the dog understands there's a difference between where they sleep and where they're gonna, you know, use the bathroom. 
but for me, and again, I'm like you guys, I have always been very fortunate that the dog can kind of stay with me all the time, but I do crate my dog because I, if I can't watch them, I don't want them to learn to chew or, um, on things that I don't want them to chew on or use, you know, or go to the bathroom when they're not supposed to. So I put them in their crates. So every time I like, you know, if I wake them up from a nap or whatever, I always bring them out, let them do their play and whatever. And they go back into their crate. And what I love about that is my dogs love going to the crate. I mean, I make a nice fluffy bed when they're an older dog and they always, I always leave their crate doors open when they don't even need to have them anymore. Cause that's kind of like their den. And you know, I find that to be an easy way to transition them from understanding, here's your very black and white guidelines. You know, you, you're allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do this. And if you, if you have them in the, you know, in the crate, that's a very easy thing. And it also teaches them as soon as I get them out of the crate, I bring them outside. So what have you done, Jen, in the past? Um, got mostly adult dogs, but the couple of puppies we had, we did our best at crate training we weren't all that good at it. We were kind of new at it. And the mistake we made is the crate was the wrong size for the puppy. Mm. It was a great... Too big or too... Too big. It was a great big yeah. crate and a little tiny puppy. And ah. size does matter. The puppy needs to yeah. feel comfortable and secure, but it needs to be small enough that it's really kind of inconvenient to go potty in there if that's what you're using it for. Um, now... I lived at the house, so it, was, it wasn't a case that the puppy had to spend all day in the crate. He could be in the crate for 15 minutes because I lived there all the time. I worked at the farm. Right. Um, so when he was there, it wasn't a case of he couldn't get out off enough. It was just a case of getting him potty trained. And he was a particularly difficult a breed of dog that was difficult to potty train anyway because that does run in some breeds. It, it does. absolutely does, sure. So do your research before you get the Christmas puppy, people. Um, Amen. So that was it. And one of the things that we didn't really understand at the time either is the value of, um, what do they call them? Um, Kong toys and stuff. The, the, to the toys oh. that they have to work really hard to get the food right. out of. Kong. Yeah. yeah. Kong. Um, enrichment toys. Mm -hmm. Discovered those late in life. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the value of the enrichment toy and to introduce those early on, because then you're going to stave off the stress habit. You're going to stave off the paw chewing sure. or the crate tearing the crate apart or munching on or the furniture. Trench, yeah. Um, learn how those work and, and use those before they become a problem would be my suggestion rather than waiting till they are, there is a problem and then try to fix it. Right. Right. So that would be probably my advice. And also take an extra week off of work so you can play with your puppy. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bonding time is critical. And getting to a puppy class that isn't pet smart. <laughs> because socialization is it, it it's incredibly important for all dogs to be socialized. And even if you can't get them signed up for a class because that's not your thing. Yeah, um, do socialize them. Take them to the Lowe's or the lumber yard with you, if you know, because a lot of you those can types take of them stores, to tractor supply. Yeah, a lot of those types yeah. of stores are perfectly happy with leashed, well-behaved yeah. pets. So drag them to the store with you. Absolutely, take them to the bank. They have dog well, treats there, at the window. There's yeah. there there are, I think, real advantages to taking a class. And with every puppy, I go to class now. 
I know it sounds silly because I've been to enough classes. I probably know what I'm doing. But there is something I always learn Mm. from the other owners, Mm -hmm. mistakes that they make Mm -hmm. or a way that they'll they'll call their dog or relate to their dog that I go, Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's the continuing education. Um, it's partly it's, it's socialization for sure. And if you get the, if you've got the right or a good, um, dog training group, they make it fun for the puppies. Not, you know, you must do this now. Ak-tung. Yeah. Um, right. I, I there like should be tail wagging. There's, yes, it, it's all about the puppies having fun and that we speak to them in a fun way. That oh, was yeah. one thing that I've really learned is um, how important the voice is. And I have a deep voice, so I'm really conscious of making things, if, I, if I'm going to say, you know, leave it, it's leave it. It's, it's a happy, it's right. a good thing. It's not leave it. Yeah. And tone that tone of voice is such a huge, huge. thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think that, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is that, you know, there's a lot of things um, that when people start to get stressed, because I was, I, I think what I always feel is that people, you know, after the initial, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. Then there's a couple you know, there's a little bit like, oh boy, the reality sets. Yeah, the reality sets in, and there really is so much help out there just by typing something into Google and saying, "Hey, how do I deal with this?" And there's, you know, um, there's there's a lot of good um, experienced people out there, and of course, there's always Facebook, and there's of course there's always us. Is that <laughs> if anybody right. ever gets into any questions or whatever, you know, you can always contact us at Healthy Critters and we will do our best to help anybody because this is such a, you know, it's just a wonderful time of year to get such an amazing present. And um, sometimes it can see daunting, seem daunting, but in the end, it's always going to be the most amazing. And, and remember, you really are the boss. Um, and yeah, I, I think point. where a lot of people run into trouble is we want to be so kind to the dogs or That's the kitties that we forget that we were the pack leader. We're the alpha. And it's yep. a really we set good point. the rules. And and the dogs, the cats not so much, but the yeah, dogs the, yeah. they need that because in a pack there are rules. And and dogs get very unhappy when they have to be the pack leader for the humans. It's a lot of stress. Because they worry. Yes. But when you're the pack leader, they go, okay, great. You got it. I don't have to. I can chill. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So um, please let us know if you got a puppy for Christmas. And um, And how we can help. Yeah, we love love pictures. pictures. We love pictures. Pictures and stories and great names of puppies. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. And um, just let us know on Healthy Critters Radio. Hello. Hetty. Hi, Hetty. Hello, Patty Tigger. Greetings. <laughs> what up, yo? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you're down in the hood, are you? It's cold here in the hood. Oh, Is it? poor Hetty. Yes, that's right, poor me, correct? <laughs> so, um, Hetty, we were interested in what your New Year's resolutions are. I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> your New Year's resolutions. Uh-huh. You mean for you? Uh, <laughs> no, for you. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Well, no. I mean, I'm essentially perfect. Uh, so what would I resolve to improve? Mm-hmm. Are these not self-improvement sort of things? Yes, they're supposed to be, I guess. So, I could resolve to continue to be amazing. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's an option for sure. I was going to anyway, but you'll probably all be comforted if I publicly resolve to keep it on up, eh? I feel much better. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I knew you would. The, the assurance of my continued awesomeness will just make you snugly warm when it's 11 degrees later. Ooh, 11 degrees. That doesn't sound fun at all. Ooh, no. Nope. And if I may say, my servant will be out running fluids on a pony twice in the cold weather. So funny. Oh, that's I just not- can barely even say it without laughing. <laughs> Unless the pony poops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. If I may say, and I may, for I am me, when I do a stencher, no one claps or anything. There's generally, if I may say, quite a bit of grumpiness about an indoor stencher. Whereas I am always very pleased to do a little dance that I have managed to produce such a gleeful product. But the humans are always less than pleased. So, anyway, why are we all so obsessed with pony poop? (laughs) It doesn't even stench properly. (laughs) Hello, people. Hello, Hetty. Hello. I'm still here, Hetty. Hello, people. Oh. I'm Where still did the here, other Hetty. two go? They went missing. Oh, I think well, we there's lost, one yes. more. I'm still here. I'm listening to you, Hetty. You are perfect. And, you know, since you don't have any New Year's resolutions because you are pretty much perfect, what should your servant's New Year's resolution be? Because you are in charge. More cheese for little dogs. Also, little dogs should be more the focus of every single day. Also, little dogs should never be told no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Little dogs. That's what her resolution should be. What about big dogs? Should big dogs be told no? Yes. I see. Okay. I see. Okay. There is a double standard. Big dogs should always be told no. And probably cats. Well, I like cats. Oh, well, that's good. Well, I think it's You're just funny. telling them no would have no meaning anyway. I, I realize that. Yeah, it just was kind of funny to even think about that. Yeah. 
we talk to the cat. We have a lot in common with cats. Oh, really? More than big dogs. Big dogs are wrong-shaped. Wrong-shaped? <laughs> wrong-shaped just because they're big and weigh more? And because they're dog-like. They all want to please people and play with toys and be nice. Not at all palm-like. Cats, on the other hand, very palm-like. Now mm. that you say that, I see the similarities. Makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Fluffy tail, big tooth, small self. There we mm. go. Well, thank you very much, Hetty. We appreciate the advice. And I will keep an eye out for the very unpalm-like large dogs over the holiday season. Okay, well, good luck with that. I hope you do not encounter any because that would just ruin Christmas. <laughs> it would. Well, happy happy holidays to you and your servant, Hetty. Oh, thank you. I will pass that on to her, though. <clears throat> I don't think she'll be getting a holiday per se. <laughs> oh. No. Well, today we have a, a Patapedia segment, which is <laughs> Patty, the um, equine expert, and she's going to share with us how to keep your horses clean in the winter. Well, it's it's such a topic near and dear to me when it is uh, 28 degrees as I drive to work and um, and you have nine horses to get done. So, you know, what, what are the what are the easiest things to do? And obviously there's a few things. There's there's a bunch of different routes you can go if you are in the situation like I am, which is a training program, I always end up clipping my horses um, various different ways that I do it. If they're horses that are going to end up staying up north. Um, I don't completely clip them. I leave their legs and their a little bit of their belly, but I always make their their you know take their necks off so that um, when they sweat, it's easier to clean them up. But what I end up doing, obviously, if you have a sheet on a horse, it's going to make it a little bit easier. But then you run into the skin getting or the hair getting a little bit drier, and so obviously the number one thing, and I'm sure both of you guys have done this, is the wonderful vacuum. The vacuum is oh, a great thing. Yes, it's, it's, it's a necessity. Yeah, it's kind of a godsend, yeah. you know. Um, and so, I mean, the vacuum's just a great. And some of the in the vacuum, and some of the, the vacuum. What is? I can't even think what the name of of this typical vacuum, the blue one. But um, it's been around for years and years and years. But it literally will take like mounds of dirt off, whether it's wet or dry or whatever, and it takes it right off. But if you're, you know, um, just recently I um, had a uh, someone coming to look at um, a horse that was for sale that he had been clipped, but it's been kind of muddy because we had 10 inches of snow. And then we had a lovely weekend full of rain. So, you know, what do you do? You know, you're trying to make this horse look show ready for somebody. So, um, 
I, we, we got him in, we vacuumed him off and I like to do a little concoction of warm water and a little bit of coconut oil after you get most of the dirt off. And it's just, it kind of lifts a good bit of the extra added dirt off. And I just do it with a regular rag um, that just kind of lifts the last part of it. And then I like, I have various different hair products that I use in their mane or their tail. I try to um, stay with stuff that doesn't have um, a lot of alcohol in it. Um, of course, Shoshin is, is a good one, but it, it can be a little drying long-term, but there's really great products out there like Canner Silk and whatever, and they, they're really good to use in their mane and tail. But um, I really love doing the coconut oil because not only does it help them, um, and, and I just use a little bit of a glob of it. And so it just got a little, it, it adds an extra sheen, you know, Tigger, you and I love our coconut. Yep. There's it, there's what, how many uses do we have now? 101. Yeah. 101. Well, now we have 102, but this is, this is just a great way. And then you can wipe their muzzles off and whatever. Um, and of course also, you know, if you have a blanket on them, that also really helps. But if you keep the blanket on them, you know, through the whole winter season, it becomes sort of tough because then you end up having, you know, their, their skin get a little dry. So this is just a great little add on. So that's kind of like my, my best grooming tips. And of course, you know, you can't, and there are some dry shampoos. I don't normally use them because I find in the long run, they're becoming, that they end up becoming drying. I mean, kind of hence the name. Um, so I, you know, I try to keep it a little bit more basic. Um, besides moving to Florida, Jen, is there any suggestions that you have? <laughs> I'm a I'm a giant fan, having spent most of my life in the Northeast. The what do they call waterless shampoos, but the the spray on grooming products, I make my okay. own. If you just DIY, you know, there's a million of them out there. And essentially, okay. it's witch hazel, a small amount of a light oil. You could probably use coconut oil, right? Um, and a small amount of some type of detergent. I just use bubble bath because it smells pretty. Oh. I use eucalyptus bubble bath. It's wonderful. Um, oh, what a great idea. I mean, it probably smells good. It smells really nice. And I'm a huge, huge fan of that because you can get the stains off because it's really great mm-hmm. for getting off manure stains because they always have them. Right. And you know that, that effect you have in the wintertime when you have groomed your horse thoroughly and then somebody walks past and pats the top of his butt and the cloud of dust flies, right? It's really effective for helping getting that topmost dust off so that when you go out to the hunt field, your horse does not get a dust handprint every time somebody touches it. Right. Yeah. And a vacuum cleaner, like you said, is your friend. And yes, a shop vac works just fine. Oh, what a great, I hadn't thought of that. We use a shop vac, which is great because you can also use it. It's a wet dry vac. So if you have a horse that's hairy and needs to be bathed, guess what? You can suck the water off with wet dry bath. Oh, you are so smart. Wow. Yes. So um, we actually have two. We have, they're, they're small, little, tiny, inexpensive ones. One we use for wet and one we use for dry that way. Because if you use it as a wet vac in the wintertime, unless you bring it in your house, ew, yuck, it takes forever for it to dry out be used okay. as a dry vac again. So we have two little ones that cost, you know, 30 bucks a piece that we keep around one for wet and one for dry. Um, and then the dry one, you can also turn it on blow and blow the aisle way of your barn. Ha ha ha. Multitasker. Whoa. Oh, aren't you the bomb? Okay. Yeah. And vacuum your horse blankets idea. that will help your horse. 
Okay, I'm writing this down. But put vacuum the outside of his turnout blanket, and then flip it over and turn it up, put it on him inside out, and vacuum the. What a great idea! That's that's Tigger. Isn't that a great? Isn't that great? That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. So Tigger, anything anything you have to add? After Jennifer, it's kind of like I've curled in the corner, right? Either that, or Um, I'm hiring her. I I don't know. Uh, mine is go to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, then you have the whole other issues that you have to deal with that ticker. So don't even go there. <laughs> well, I think these are awesome tips. Um, you know, and if anybody else has anything else that they can add to this, I, I love the witch hazel oil and soap thing that I didn't, didn't even really, know about. I've used the commercial ones and they work great, but um, it's just as easy to make it yourself. And if you Google it online, like there are a million and one recipes. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that is, that's the, these are great tips. And if anybody else has anything, uh, let us know on uh, healthy critters, uh, Facebook page. We would love to hear from you. Which is healthy critters. <laughs> Radio on Facebook. <laughs> So now we're at Critter Nutrition, and I'm going to talk about managing stress. Stress is an emotional and physical pressure that animals and humans experience. Horses and dogs, just like people, can either be internalizers or externalizers of stress. The internalizer may mask stress by behaving as if everything is okay. The classic Ogden Nash quote, be like a duck, cool, calm, collected on the surface, but paddling like crazy underneath. The internalizer horses can be hard to read because they are not overt about their stress. The externalizer tends to vent, rage, overreact. The externalizers let you know they are stressed. Common stresses for horses are repeated or regular fear, confinement, limited vision, especially when they can't see other horses. Equines involve to live in groups and interact with one another. They are prey animals that have survived 60 million years on the planet by living in groups and running away from danger. Stress that is in the moment is acute stress. Stress that is ongoing is chronic stress. Common indicators of acute stress are elevated head and neck, ears pricked tightly forward, Staring intensely, poor concentration, increased breathing and heart rate, wants to run away, wants to fight, wants to avoid, wants to stop and not move. Common indicators of chronic stress are aggression, wind sucking, cribbing, weaving, stall walking, picky eating, weight loss, weight gain, irritability, and chronic health issues. Stress and cortisol. The first component of the endocrine system to be activated under a stress response releases epinephrine and norepinephrine. This is the classic fight-or-flight response. During severe or chronic stress, the second battalion of the stress response is activated, which is the hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis, which releases cortisol. Chronic stress and the subsequent release of cortisol has been implicated in a number of health issues, including inhibition of the immune system, increases in gastric or hindgut ulceration, colic, diarrhea, weight gain, and weight loss. 
Sometimes allergic reactions are triggered by stress, as well as itchy skin, poor wound or injury healing. The body cannot heal and repair itself efficiently when it is under stress. Managing stress. Diet can play an important role in reducing stress. Horses are designed to eat 20 hours a day day, so making sure your horse has access to grass or hay all the time is an important component in managing stress. There are two plants that have been studied for their ability to reduce cortisol, ashwagandha and holy basil. Both of these plants are adaptogens, that is, plants that are able to balance the endocrine, glandular, and circulatory systems. Ashwagandha and holy basil have been used for thousands of years in Ayurvedic medicine. But not until the late 20th century did modern science begin serious studies of these plants and discovered that both these adaptogens reduce cortisol. Ashwagandha does stimulate serotonin in the brain. So for the horses that are externalizers or the tense, hot, spooky horses, this plant is the best choice. For the horses who are internalizers of stress, holy basil is the best choice. Another component to reducing stress is maintaining a healthy balance of beneficial gut bacteria. These microorganisms in the GI tract are known as the gut microbiota, and they are essential for the process of food digestion and play a crucial role in the functioning of the immune system. Colonization of the GI tract requires a minimum minimum of 100 billion colony-forming units of probiotics per day and can require amounts up to 400 billion CFUs daily. Make sure when you add a probiotic to a stressed horse's diet that the CFUs are high enough for colonization of the GI tract. If the probiotic does not have CFUs listed on the label, it is not viable, live, probiotic, capable of colonization. Horses are very sensitive to the stress in other equines and humans. It can become a vicious cycle if a horse becomes chronically stressed and the rider or owner or trainer gets stressed because of the horse's stress. Managing our own stress around our horses means keeping barn drama out of the stables. Supplement support. Biostar's equilibrium with ashwagandha and Biostar's true balance with holy basil are excellent stress formulas that help reduce cortisol. Biostar's Theracom addresses the brain-gut adrenal axis because those three body systems are in constant communication with each other. I actually refer to Theracom as Equilibrium 2.0. For probiotic support, Biostar's Bioflora and Biostar's BioYeast both provide the high CFUs necessary for colonization of the GI tract. Bioflora provides the cooling probiotics and BioYeast provides the warming probiotics. And as for managing the human stress, I do recommend ashwagandha from a health food store, along with a good dose of premium chocolate. Also, Tulsi tea, which is holy basil, does wonders for reducing stress. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. 
Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So now we're at Coffee Clatch, and we thought it'd be fun to figure out what our dog's New Year's resolutions are. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) So um, I'm going to start with Kimasabi. He's the oldest of my pack. And um, his New Year's resolution is that he never has to be groomed again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Patty? Well, I'm going to start with Gavin, who is my oldest boy. He's a Border Terrier. And um, Gavin truly loves to eat. Like when I tell you he loves to eat, he jumps up and down. It's actually, it's, it's painful to not give him everything he wants. So what Gavin would truly love is to be free fed in his crate by himself and he doesn't care what it is. So constant free eating. Aha. Mm-hmm. Jennifer. Glory's new year's resolution is to increase her accuracy. When it comes oh. to chow time, she gets very, very excited when it's pumpkin day. Cause about every other day we'll give her a little tiny teaspoonful of pumpkin puree with her dinner. And that just sends her into the stratosphere with excitement. And she jumps up and down. And she she slams her front paws on the ground when she does it. Oh, my God. But she doesn't always slam her paws and actually land on my bare feet in the morning. Sometimes she misses. So her goal is to be more accurate and hit my foot every single time. (laughs) And that is going to be a real chore because she's blind. Oh boy! Yeah. She used she used to just jump up and down. Now she intentionally jumps up and down on you because that way she knows where you're at. Where? Yeah. <laughs> so she jumps up and down on me as I walk from the kitchen oh, into, the, into the living room. <laughs> yep. She and she she and she walks. Yeah, that's her thing now. She actually is has to be that physically contacting cute. you. <laughs> that's pretty cute. Yeah. All for pumpkin. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cute. There we go. So Thunder Bears, who is my second oldest, these are all Australian shepherds. His New Year's resolution is that the world is filled with squeaky toys. Oh, <laughs> squeaky toys. <laughs> it's just a world of squeaky toys. Aww. That's a That's a good one. That's a very good one. Because all my my all my crew wants to do is to have squeaky toys and kill them. Yeah, they just squeak them, them out, dissect them. Yeah, and, and and I would tell you, I mean, every one of mine would have that on their wish list, but they realize that mom's not gonna go there because I am sick and tired of picking up that fluff. <laughs> yeah, mine do not rip, they do not tear, 
they just carry it. Thunder Bear just carries it around like a doll. Which is stinking adorable. It is. My, my one Frenchie does that. He has a sussy. He greets me at the door with something in his mouth like, look what I brought you. But um, but you, but you, Angus, who is my older Frenchie, um, is like, well, look what I've got you. And I took all its guts out. Conan <laughs> the Destroyer. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, he's always good. Look what I got you. <laughs> you know, trying to spit out some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so Burke, who is my, um, my oldest Australian shepherd, who is, could be like anybody's youngest. Cause he's just always, he's a perpetual puppy. His number one goal in life and, and resolution, what he would, he would like me to be my resolution for him would be to just flipping, let him smell everything for as long as he wants <laughs> when we're going on to walk, because I, I'm telling you everybody What's in the, the dog. Well, yeah. Everybody in the Doswell area knows that dog's name because I'll be walking. I'll be like, come here, you know, and I'm just like, and he's like, oh, wait, 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 what's this? What's this? What's this? Oh, wait, I'll be right there. Like, and it's constant. It's like the dog has a nose. I don't, and I don't know what it is that he has to smell in the you same know, he area. He would be really good with nose work. Nose oh, games. hugely so. Irritatingly so. Yes, he really would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Crockett. Um, his New Year's resolution is that he loses his virginity. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? The spring yeah. is coming. I know. I haven't told him yet, but yeah, don't tell. A good him. chance that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling you right now that you don't want to tell him. <laughs> so, Catch, my new Australian puppy, he really would love his New Year's resolution to be able to pull out all of Burke's hair. <laughs> Because I will, I, I'll let them play out in the field. Um, I was telling her uh, this earlier today, uh, Jennifer, is that when I get home from work, I let them run out. You know, I live in the middle of 200 beautiful acres of this beautiful farm. <laughs> and I like to let them run in the field and whatever. And I like, I'll throw the ball or do whatever. And I'll be like, is he like literally just like holding on to Burke's flank and just letting his legs go like, you know, and he comes up to me and, and like, it's like floss, you know, he's got Burke hair as floss. So, and I'm always like, catch, cut it out. Yeah. He thinks that that would be a super idea to just go ahead and remove all of his hair or hang on to him. Maybe that's a better one. Um, Buckaroo, um, his new year's resolution is that he never has to go on a diet again. Oh, <laughs> I want yeah. that to be mine too. <laughs> I think that's not such a bad thing. Yeah. I think we should all join in. On <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good one. I do. Well, my my last is the two Frenchies together, and they would like two very specific things. One is that Angus would just love to be able to sleep with me each and every night. The problem is, is that Angus snores worse than any person I've ever met in my life. And you push him and then he makes some sort of wheezing kind of thing. And he's a French bulldog, which is a very typical thing. And if, you know, if I'm sleeping well and I sleep hard all night, it's not that big of a deal. But if I even remotely wake up in the middle of the night and hear him snoring, I can't do it. And like, I like push him, you know? <laughs> and, and the other part of that is they, they really think it would be a great idea to go to work with me, but they don't realize how hot and or cold it is every day. So those are, those are, those are their wishes, their New Year's resolutions, to go to work with me every day. And Wookiees is that there is snow on the ground 350 days a year. Yeah. And then water, all the rest. <laughs> she just thinks frozen water is about the most fun thing 
that was ever created. I think for a dog, she may be right. Except for the Frenchies. <laughs> <laughs> little ice cubes. Yeah, little little cubes. So if your dog has a New Year's resolution, let us know what it is on HealthyCritters.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at BiostarUS.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs> <laughs>